Hey, it's great to be sharing you with you this morning. Um, good to see you all in church. Um, now then, um, for me, uh, I was considered apparently quite a trustworthy 10-year-old. So when I was at primary school, uh, I uh, got given the job of, of going out onto our school fields to check if, um, if it was dry enough for the whole school to go uh, and play on it at dinner time. So the school, the primary school, would be all having their dinner in the school hall, uh, and then uh, our school was on like the side of a hill, so you got out of the one end of the school hall, there were some steps down onto like a netball court, and then there'd be a further hill down onto the school field. So if there was like a bit dubious, obviously if it was chucking it down, it'd be everyone inside, it'd be wet play, or everyone would be on the playground. If it was a glorious sunny day, then it'd be clear, okay, everyone can go on the school field. But any day that was maybe like a little bit dubious... Is the, is, the, is the field too wet or not? Uh, then me and my friend would be sent down uh, by the headmaster onto the school field. I'd walk down, we'd have a bit of a stomp about on the grass, see how wet it was, um, and then we'd come back up to the head teacher and report back what we found. Now, when we came back, we had three options that it could be. So number one would be, it's too wet for anyone. So if it was too boggy, if you're thinking, if anyone goes on there, they're going to get covered in mud or anything like that. So no one could be on the school fields and everyone would be on the playground on the other side of the school. A second option, which was our favourite one, which was that if you had a change of footwear, so if you had your football boots or some trainers, maybe a change of shorts as well, then you were allowed to go on the school field and play football. Um, everyone else had to be on the playground, though. It's considered too wet if you've just got your school shoes on and your normal school pants. And then the third option was, it's okay for everyone. It's going to be dry enough that anyone and the whole school can go on the school field, which we weren't very keen on as kind of year six, is that you'd have younger children running across the football pitch, getting in the way. You have to be careful not to trip any up or hit any with a football. Um, so we were always kind of pushing for, right, it needs to be like just the footballers only, just those that have brought the football boots. So we'd come back up and report to the headmaster uh, and kind of some days we'd be like, yeah, we know it's, it's dry enough for everyone. We'd kind of admit defeat on that one. Sometimes we'd be thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll, say, we'll say just the footballers. And, and we'd go and report back and the headmaster would be like, are you sure it's not, it's not dry enough for everyone? And we'd be like, no, no, it's quite it's a bit wet in parts and the far side's a bit wet as well. Yeah, we think just, just the footballers. And he'd be like, are you sure? And we'd be like, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And he'd go, okay, okay. Now, our headmaster had um, one prosthetic leg. So he used to ride a motorbike, and he had a, a motorbike accident, which meant one of his, his legs had to be amputated. And so he had um, one leg was fully prosthetic, and he walked with quite a severe limp. This meant they found going up and down stairs especially difficult. Um, so when we'd come back and said these, said these times, so no, yeah, just the footballers, are you sure? Sometimes he'd go down and check. And when we saw him going out the door thinking, oh... You've made him go down all the stairs now and he'd kind of struggle his way down the steps all the way down onto the field. And about 10 minutes later, he'd come back up and he'd say, no, no, I think, I think it's dry enough for everybody. And you're like, okay. And we'd feel really guilty that we made him go all the way down to check. But then there came this moment for our school. When everyone's finishing off the dinner, there came this moment where he'd announced to the school saying, okay, the school fields, he'd say, it's, it's wet break, or it's say it's everyone on the playground, or it's say just the footballers. Or then on the days that everyone was looking forward to, they say, okay, everybody can go out on the field. And the whole school would be happy, the footballers would be a bit disappointed, but um, the whole school would be happy that they'd receive this message that the school field is for everyone. 
Now for us as church, I feel like we can be in a, sometimes in a bit of a similar situation where we might, we might be used to coming to church all the time. It might be your first time with us at church. We hope you feel massively welcome this morning. Um, but sometimes we can be in, in church and things like that where we're just comfortable with the people that we're used to. We're comfortable with how it, how it all works and how it's all going. But that is not how God's kingdom is intended. God's kingdom is for everyone. Whatever people's behaviours are, whatever people's backgrounds are, whatever people are from, God is, God's kingdom is for everyone. And he wants our church to reflect that. Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus calls us all, he says, go into all nations. There's no exceptions, there's no people that he hasn't come to save. And that is our heart, that is our, um, our message for us as a church and for us to go out into all nations. It's on our wall that everyone is welcome. That should be our message to the world. And when it comes to this, I, think there's, I believe there's a way that for us as a church to reach our world. Now then, in, in past there's been some, some classic combinations. Now there might be people like Anton Deck. Obviously, there's a time when Ant had a bit of a rocky patch, and it was Deck and Holly, which I hope, think we'll all agree maybe wasn't, wasn't quite the same, was it? Torval and Dean, Laurel and Hardy, Shrek and Donkey. I'm sure there's other kind of combinations that come to your mind that are those, those perfect fit. Some more controversial ones. Has anyone ever had a bag of sweet and salted popcorn mixed together? Has anyone ever had a bag of that? I think that is like a big no-no. That is... Um, should not be put together as a combination. Socks and sandals? Anybody wearing socks and sandals this morning? Pineapple on pizza? We're going to do a vote now, okay? Hands up for yes, pineapple should be on pizza. Oh, quite a lot. And no, pineapple not on pizza? I think it's still undecided, that I think. It's very 50-50. Um, apparently toothpaste and orange juice is like the, one of the worst combinations. Drinking orange juice just after you've brushed your teeth um, is hard. But when it comes to, to reaching our world, when it comes to sharing um, God's good news with our world, there is an essential mix that I believe we need to use to share it with. And that is with the mix of truth and grace. Now, for, for us uh, as Christians, we believe, if we follow Jesus, we believe in God's word, we believe in, in all that that says, we believe that that is truth. Uh, and that is an incredible guide for us and, and um, is, is untouched as God's word for us to follow in that way. And also, Jesus came, as we just sang in that song, as we, we were here, Jesus came with an incredible gift of grace for the world, for everyone, as we've mentioned I'm going to read from Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verses 12 to 6. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
I believe that passage there kind of sums up um, the, the heart of what I'm trying to get across this morning really well. It talks about God's word and his truth. Um, that it, it judges between right and wrong. Uh, for us, it's, it's even the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. Isn't that a scary thought that obviously God knows everything that we think. God knows every motive, everything that is going on inside our heart. It shows us the right way to live. It, it clearly defines between what is, what is right and what is wrong. And we should read God's word in the best way that we can, trying to live the way that God wants us to. As we live our lives, are we asking these questions? What does God say about this? We think about, is it that we live in a world where there's social norms, where there's cultural ways that we have in our country and, and things like that, the way that genuinely people do things, the way they live their lives. But are we willing to stop and ask the question, actually, what does God say about this? What is God's best for my life? What should we spend our money on? How much alcohol should we drink? How should we treat the homeless? What does living a pure life look like? What does having a Sabbath day look like? All these kind of questions that we can ask. All good questions to ask and seek what is God's truth on this. Do we live a life that honours God? Do we live a life where we're seeking to say, actually God, I want your best for my life. I want to know your truth in my world. When it comes to to sharing God's message, to sharing uh, God with our world, that we can't just portray a message of, 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 of truth, of right and wrong. We can't just share, actually say this is right and this is wrong to our world. If we do that, we're, we're not sharing the whole picture of who Jesus is. We're all in a place where if we're all judged by what was right and wrong, we'd all be stood on the same side of that line. We'd all be stood, we've all fallen short of God's best, of, of the way that God wants us to live. And that's where the beauty of God's grace comes in, isn't it? Verse 15 in that passage uh, says that Jesus can empathise with us that he was tempted in every single way that we were. God is not a a far off um, God that is just there to say when you've done something right or when you've done something wrong. But he is a God that has been with us in our brokenness, in our pain, in our sin, in everything that we've done wrong. He sits on a throne of grace. A throne of grace that is for each and every one of us to accept. I believe it is that essential mix, that we can't live by God's truth without accepting his grace. We can't just live a life saying, yeah, I'm covered by grace without seeking to live out God's truth and God's best for our lives either. If we're someone that's accepted Jesus as our saviour and we claim to be someone that's a follower of Jesus, there'd be a time when we made a decision to accept his grace. But the thing is, if we've accepted that grace We've admitted that we've done something wrong. We've admitted that God has got truth, that God has got a best for our lives. John uh, 14, verse 6, Jesus uh, answered, he's speaking to someone, he says, answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. We see that Jesus' truth and his grace, you can't separate these two things. We can't say, I'll have one and not the other. We can't claim to, to live in the right way and not, not show, not receive, and not show that grace to other people. If we claim to be followers of Jesus, we have to have this incredible mix of, of truth and living out the best that God is calling us to with the incredible grace that he offers. I believe the two things are inseparable. So when it comes to, to us, it comes to us living our lives, 
We live our lives to, to honour God for ourselves, but God has called us, as I mentioned at the start, to go into all the nations of the world, to share his good news, to share him with our world. So how do we do that? How do we share God's message of truth? with a broken world. I've got two things um, that I believe will hopefully help us um, with this. The first one is start with love. Start with love. Um, I recently read a book um, where someone's talking about uh, a certain issue and they, they talked about a story in there that um, someone approached this Christian, Christian woman uh, um, and they said, oh, what do you believe about this subject? What do you believe about this, this topic? And this woman, instead of just giving a, an answer, which could have been taken in a positive way or a negative way, instead of just giving an answer to this person they didn't know, they said, how about I take you out for coffee every week for the next four weeks? How about I get to know you first? How about I can show you some love first? I actually show you God's love before I speak to you about this topic. Now, there's nothing wrong with someone answering someone's question if they've got a question in that way. But I thought, what an incredible way to actually show an incredible picture of who Jesus is. That often we can be, we can be questions on things, we can be, be labelled with things as Christians, or you live this way, or you do that, or you don't do that. But the ultimate thing that God asks us to do is to love people, isn't it? Um, and the, the, the way that, that that woman responded to that kind of approach and that question where she was maybe being tried to be tripped up or tried to be put in a corner, she said, no, no, let me show you God's love first. Let me get to know you. Let you get to know me before we talk about these things. A Christian message is never meant to portray that, that we're superior, that we've got it all right and, and you're doing it wrong. That is not how God intended us to live. That we are all saved by grace. We were all living in sin. We're all getting it wrong. We're all messing up. We're all on a journey, aren't we? It's about us recognising that through Jesus we can be saved. Through him we can live by his grace. Anyone that's got children will probably have told them off um, at some point. Um, I've certainly had a, a word with a few of mine at different points. Um, but when you're, you're kind of speaking to them about something, that something they feel is unfair or unjust, thinking, why can't I do this all day? Why can't I um, have another sweet or finish the whole packet of sweets off? You say, no, you can't. Now, the reason why you, you kind of put boundaries and things like that in place for your children is because you love them. You want the best for them. You don't want them to eat three packs of sweets straight before bedtime, do you? Um, you want the best for them in that world. But you trying to explain that to a child, they, they don't always get that you're saying no, you're putting boundaries in place because you love them. And I think for our world that we can, we can hear, people can hear about um, God's truth and things like that without hearing the whole message of God's love, without hearing that actually he died on the cross for them, that he loves them unconditionally. A great example of this is the story of Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus would have been one of the most hated people in his society at that time. He'd be classed as a, a thief, a cheat, someone that's um, just despised by society because of his job and the, the way that he went about that. And literally nobody wanted to spend any time with him. Nobody wanted to be near him. And Jesus comes and meets him in front of a whole crowd of people. He says, I want to spend time with you. A whole crowd of people, he could have said, I want to spend time with you. Who are the Zacchaeuses in our world today? It was the same with uh, the adulterous woman. When people are asking Jesus, saying, we, this woman is living in adultery. We, who's gonna, we, we, what do you say to, to this woman? And Jesus responds with, says, actually, 
The first of you who has not sinned, whoever's done anything, not done anything wrong, you can be the one to throw the first stone. And obviously these people, one by one, all walk away. The second thing for us, in a way I believe that we can share God's incredible message with our world, is to live it. It's to live it out. For us to see God's truth and God's grace in action. Now, the, the world that we live in today um, is not keen on having truths and having what is right and what is wrong. That we live in societies today where people can create their own truths by what they're, what they're feeling, what their um, emotions are, what their preferences, in a world of opinions and, and all these things that people base their truths on. We need to be people who actually seek and stick to God's truth. That's not just what we speak, but that's how we live. That's how we act. We need to be people that model God's kingdom in our everyday lives. Now, I recognise that this would be a lot easier uh, if we were, if Jesus was still walking on the earth, that we could obviously see Jesus' example in our day and age and how that looks. But God has given us the responsibility now of sharing his love, of sharing his word, sharing his message to our world. The band would like to, to come back up now. That'd be great, thank you. God has placed this on us. As I read at the start in Matthew, um, Matthew 28, Jesus called us to go into all the nations and make disciples. Go into all the nations and show people what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Church, if you'd like to, to stand. Um, for me, growing up, um, I found this incredibly hard. When I went to high school, um, anyone that's been at high school recently or um, you, you know it's an incredible place to, to stand out and to live differently for God. But when I was going through high school, I found this so, so hard. And um, I'd, I'd talk about God, I'd, I'd blend in with the crowd as much as I possibly could because I didn't want um, the, the, the mocking, the, the jokes, whatever it was, the, the, the persecution. I didn't want to be, to be stood out for what I believed in. But there came a moment when, uh, when I was 16, where um, one of our nights at youth, and our youth leader prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, the difference that that made in my life was incredible. In John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17 say, And I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth, with a capital S, that means God's Holy Spirit. Now, God isn't calling us to, to live our lives on our own strength. God isn't calling us to, to, to do this, that we, we live in incredibly um, tough times at the moment. We live in a, a time when things seem to be going crazy with, from pan pandemic to wars to um, economy to change of, of power and everything, as, as John talked about last week, that we live in incredibly challenging times, don't we? And for us to live and stand by God's truth and God's grace is never going to be easy. But God says, no, no, I'm not leaving it all to you. I'm giving you my spirit to help you. I'm going to pray this morning for, for anyone that says, actually, yeah, I want to be someone that carries God's presence into my world, that carries God's truth, carries God's grace into my workplace, into my neighbourhood, into my family, into the different arenas of my life and say, I want to be someone that makes a difference in that place. I want to be someone that stands for who God is calling me to be someone that stands and says yeah I want to stand out I want to bring God's kingdom to this place I want to make a difference in this world 
So I'm going to pray now. If that's you, just raise your hand where you are uh, and I will pray for you saying, yeah, I'm going to pray that God's spirit will help you. God's spirit will be your guide. God's spirit will be your strength. He will be your wisdom to reach the world that we are in at the moment in time. Yeah, God, I thank you for every person in this room that has their hand raised now, Lord. Thank you for that desire um, to, to live the best way that we can, Lord, following your word, following your truth, Lord. And I pray for each and every one of us as we obey you, as we seek to follow you in the best way that we can, through our words, through our actions, through our everything, through our motives of our heart, Lord God. I pray that you will strengthen us with your spirit. You fill us afresh this morning, Lord God, the power of your Holy Spirit, that it will touch us, it will transform us, Lord God. It will give us a boldness, it will give us a courage, it will give us wisdom, it will give us peace, it will give us strength, Lord God, through all different seasons to live out, to see your kingdom come in our world, Lord God, to see our communities transform, Lord God, to see lives transform, to see miracles happen in people's lives. Amen. Yeah.